the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, in Judea, in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Don't you love to hear the Christmas story in Luke 2? And uh, Wendy did a great job, didn't she? Oh, I love hearing her read that story. Let's spend some time in prayer. Jesus, you left heaven to come to earth, and we're here today to say happy birthday to you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to, to rescue us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We pray that the wonder of that would fill us all, that those that have heard the story over and over again would be filled anew with the wonder of your great rescue of us, and that for many, that this would be the night that, that they would hear and understand and believe and receive you as their Savior and Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I walked in, I saw this rocking chair, and I thought they put that up there for me. I was so glad to see Tony come and sit in it, and it wasn't for the old guy on the stage. Ah, birthdays. <clears throat> I love birthdays, don't you? I love cake and ice cream, especially the ice cream. The cake kind of puts a place for the ice cream. Did I mention ice cream? 
Oh, man, I love cake and ice cream and presents and people being together. Don't you love birthdays? And that's why we're here this evening for a birthday. We're here to celebrate the greatest birthday ever. Not yours, not mine, Jesus's. Happy birthday, Jesus. The birth of Jesus started the party. Tonight we're going to learn about a party and the birth of Jesus started the party and the party that he started when he came is going to last forever. It's going to last forever and I want you to know that you are invited to the party. You are invited to the party of the ages and my prayer for you is that none of us would leave without first RSVPing the party that you would make sure that you respond to his invitation to you. Wendy was reading, um, I used to not know this, but shepherds were nobodies. Did you know that? They were the lowest, the outcast, they were the nobodies. And isn't it interesting, the first to hear the good news were the nobodies. Maybe you feel like a nobody. And so the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know anybody who's afraid? Do you? I don't think I've ever been around so many worried, anxious, fearful people, concerned about maybe where our country is going or how divided people are, or concerned about health issues or financial issues. How about you? Does fear grip your heart this evening? If so, you're not alone. This command, do not be afraid. Did you know this is the most repeated command in the Bible? More than any other command, it's given over 365 times. Don't worry, don't be anxious, don't be afraid. Um, you, you ever wonder? You ever wonder why our hearts are so gripped by fear? Do you ever wonder that? Why we struggle so much with worry and anxiety? Why are our hearts so gripped with fear? And have you ever wondered, is there a cure for anxious, worried hearts? Is there a cure? And what we're going to learn this evening <clears throat> is that we were created for a person and a place. That we were created for a person and place, and there actually is a cure for worried, troubled hearts. It's a savior. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born who is Christ the Lord. The Savior was born to rescue us, to restore us to that person and to that place we were created for, that person and place that we long for in our hearts. Did you know the Bible is, it's, it's one story, it's one story and it's a rescue story. Don't you love rescue stories? I mean, you were following what was happening in Jacksonville this week. The parent lost her two children and people searched and searched and searched and they found the two kids and everybody rejoiced. That's the story of the Bible. We were lost. We were lost from the person we were created for, from the place we were created for. We were lost, and Jesus came to be our Savior and to restore us, to restore us to that person and place that we were created for and longed for. Now, see my Bible? This is where Christmas takes place. <laughs> So a lot happened to before Christmas, and so if we really want to understand Christmas, we have to see how it fits into the story of the Bible, the great rescue story of the Bible. 
the gospel. And so it's one story with four chapters, and chapter one is creation, which answers the question, where did everything come from? And I love how the Bible begins. This is so good. The Bible begins with, in the beginning, God. Isn't that good? A lot of people believe what, in the beginning, nothing. But the Bible begins so much better. In the beginning, God, and God created everything, and it was good. So in the beginning, listen, there was a person and there was a place. God walked with our first parents, and he walked with people on earth, and paradise was on earth. You got it? A person and place in the beginning. That's what we were created for, to walk with God on earth in paradise, a person and place in the beginning. And of course, you say, well, then what, what happened, right? So chapter 2 is the fall. It answers what happened, what went wrong. And, and chapter 2 is called the fall, that the fall wrecked everything. And what that means is our first parents were not content to be creatures. They wanted to be God. And so they rebelled against God. We've all followed in their steps. And their sin wrecked everything. So now we are broken people living in a broken world. And what that means is no person and no place. Sin has separated us from that person we were made for and from that place. I mean, we could all agree we're not in paradise, right? Are you with me? We're not, right? Now, St. Augustine is pretty nice, isn't it? But it's not what? It's not paradise. So... Creation, fall, and then chapter 3 is redemption. How do we fix it? We can't, but Jesus can. Luke 2, the birth of Jesus is the beginning of the chapter called redemption. Do not be afraid. Why? For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus was born to restore us. The reason we're celebrating is he came to restore us to that person and place we were created for but lost. So God becomes a man, lives a perfect life, dies, rises, and offers us eternal life. And when we believe in Jesus, we get the person. In this world, we get to do life with the person we were created for, Jesus. The person, yes, but the place, what? No, we're not in the place, are we? We're not in paradise, are we? But one day we will. See, chapter 4 is about not only the person, but the place. Chapter 4 is consummation that Jesus is coming again. And when Jesus comes, uh, heaven is where God dwells, and heaven is going to come to earth. When Jesus comes back, our bodies are going to be raised up. And once again, Jesus, the person we were made for, will walk with us in paradise on earth, the place that we were created and saved for. And um, you know what it's going to be like when paradise is on earth again? It's going to be like the first five minutes after a nightmare. You ever have a nightmare? I have reoccurring nightmares, and one of them, uh, some of you have been here for a long time. Good News started in the Riverview Club in the Shores, and one of my nightmares has to do with the Riverview Club. I was recently there for a football banquet for St. Augustine High, 
And it just brought back those memories. Here's how the nightmare goes. I'm dreaming that it's Sunday morning and someone had a good idea that we should meet at the Riverview Club rather than here. But no one can find it. So only like two or three people show up and I'm thinking, why are we here? Why are we here? We have a facility. And then I wake up. Oh man, that first five minutes is so good because you know what? It's all untrue. All the things that worried me were untrue. One day we will wake up and we'll be in that place we always dreamed of and there'll be no cancer and no tears and no death and no wars and domestic no domestic violence. And you know what? That person we were made for, Jesus will be there and paradise will be on earth and we will spend all of eternity with that person and place that we were created for and saved for. That's the good news of a Savior being born. You see, the birth of Jesus started the party. It's not the end of the party. It just simply starts the party. And Jesus invites you to the party. He invites you to, to have that person and place that he has created and saved and wants to save you for. But listen, to have that person and place means we need to understand and believe the gospel. Now, if a Savior has been born and there's good news, then there must be something He came to save us from, and that's the bad news of the gospel. To appreciate the good news, we have to understand the bad, and the, good, the bad news of the gospel is we have a problem called sin. In Romans 3, verse 23, this is what the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Will you read that with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, some of you, you know, I'm not sure about that sin problem. Okay, so just walk with me a little bit. The Bible says we have a problem called sin. A sin is a crime against God. We disobey God. So let me ask you a question. If, as you look back in history, as you look back in history, is there any evidence in history that we have a sin problem? Is there? Yes, right, Adam and Eve. But, but what do we have in history? We have a long, sad story of what? War and rape and domestic violence and murder, don't we? Isn't that what history tells us? So we see that in history. Okay, next look. How about if we look around the world today? Are people getting better and better? Are we, are we getting better and better? Uh, is there any evidence in the world today we still have a sin problem? I mean, do you see war? Do you see rape? Do you see domestic violence? Do, do you see murder? Do you, do, you, do you see racism? Do you see these things? Okay, so we can see it in history. We can see it in the world. Now the really hard part. Do we see it in ourselves? Do we? Because it says what for all of sin, and that includes you and me. So let me help you here a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to see us in us. Growing up, did you ever disobey your parents even once? Did you ever disobey your parents? Did you? Are you, are, are you awake? You did, didn't you? You know what? That's a crime against God. That's a sin. In, in your whole life, in your whole life, have you ever told a lie? Have you? Have you? Yeah. Then, then listen, you've sinned. And those of you who said no, guess what? <laughs> you just did, right? 
I mean, in your whole life, have you ever stolen anything? Have you? Man, I sure have. That's a crime against God. And if none of those get you, listen, the last commandment, have you ever wanted what someone else had? You ever been jealous or envious of someone else? Did you know that's a crime against God too? Listen, the Bible says, for all have sinned and we've all committed crimes against God. And so what do you suppose would be the penalty for a crime against God? What do you think? The Bible teaches us, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Um, and what death really is, is separation from God and from all good things. Now, remember, we were made for a person and a place. So eternal death is no person and no place, right? And do you know what it is when there's no person and no place? That is hell. That's what hell is. Hell is no person, it's separation from God, and it's no place. It's being separated from all the good things God gives us to enjoy. And when we understand the bad news that we've committed crimes against God and what we deserve is everlasting punishment, then the good news is very good. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people for today... In the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior. A Savior has come to save us. And who is the Savior? Who is Christ the Lord? That Jesus is God the Son who became man, a unique person, fully God and fully man, who came into the world to restore us to that person and place we lost through our sins. So Jesus lives a perfect life for us, and then he dies for our sins. Remember what John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus? John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's the one who can do what all those sacrifices in the Old Testament could never do. He could take away our sins. Because as man, as being fully man, he could become our substitute. And as God, being fully God, his death would be of infinite value. So he takes our sins upon himself dies on the cross, was buried. On the third day, he rises from the grave, proving he had conquered sin and death. And then Jesus invites us to the party. He offers us the greatest invitation ever. He offers us the opportunity to do life with and for him and eternity with and for him. He offers us the person and place that our hearts long for. And here's how he does it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Jesus pursues us. Jesus says, I want to move into you and forgive your sins. Let's do life together. Let's do eternity together. I've got a place prepared for you that you can't even imagine. And what's our part? Our part is to receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Our part is to RSVP His invitation. Do you know what RSVP means? If you ever looked it up? I looked it up this week. I wondered what it meant. It's a fancy French phrase. I even Googled how to say it. I practice. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but do you know what it means? Please respond. Could I offer you some advice about life? Please, 
please respond to his invitation and do life with and for Jesus. Could I give you some advice uh, about eternity? Please respond and choose to do eternity with and for Jesus, with the person in that place. Oh, why should you do that? It was many years ago I heard Jesus knocking on the door of my heart, and, and I remember inviting him to come in. And that moment I invited him in, I got the person that I was made for. And ever since then, I've been able to do life with that person, with Jesus. And, and you know what that means? It means I have a friend. Anybody in here want a friend? Anybody want a friend? Did you hear what Jesus said? He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Dining together in the Bible is all about friendship. And when Jesus moves in, he calls me friend. Is that, is that crazy? Jesus calls me friend? Oh, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of friends that I disappointed and they no longer call me friend. Anybody have someone like that in your life? You know what Jesus said when he moved in? This is so good. You know what he told me? I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Isn't that what all of us long for? A friend who says they'll never leave. And you know what's so cool about that? Jesus knows me better than I know myself. And so there's nothing in me that will ever surprise him or disappoint him. And so he says, listen, I'm not leaving. Isn't that what we all long for? A friend who never deserts or forsakes. Jesus is that friend to me and wants to be that to all of us. Listen, to do life with Jesus means I get a friend. It means I get forgiveness. Tonight, I'm going to lay my head down on the bed, and when I do, I know that I'm right with God. I know my sins are forgiven. Have you ever done something wrong? Oh, man, I am so thankful to do life with Jesus and know I'm forgiven. I have a friend. I have forgiveness. When Jesus moved in, you know what he gave me? An identity. I know who I am. And, and this is really, it's funny. I still laugh when I say it. You know who I am? I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. How did someone as flawed as I am ever get to be a Christian? Because Jesus gave it to me. Who am I? I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of Jesus. I know who I am. Doing life with Jesus is about having a friend and, and forgiveness and an identity and truth. When Jesus moved in, know what he said to me? Follow me. And do you know who Jesus is? He's the truth. I don't know about you, but, but we live in a culture where things are always changing. And things that used to be right are now wrong. And things that were wrong are now right. And how do you know right from wrong? How do you know? We hear people say, you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. How do you know what to do? I'm so thankful to be a Christian. And to have truth. And Jesus says, what? Follow me. Wow, doing life with Jesus is doing life with that person I was made for. To have a friend and forgiveness and identity and truth and a purpose. 
I was wasting my life. And Jesus said, a life is a terrible thing to waste. I've got a purpose for your life big enough that you can get up every day about in life and be excited about it. You know what my purpose is and what your purpose is if you're a Christian? It's just like the shepherds. Jesus was born, and the first thing they did was what? They went and saw Jesus, didn't they? And then the next thing they did is what? They went and they told, what? Everybody about Jesus. Every morning I get to get up and dine with Jesus and come and see how amazing he is. And then I got the chance to go out and tell others about him. He's brought a purpose into my life. This morning I got to get up and spend time with Jesus and then come and share him with you. Man, you see, right now, doing life with Jesus, I have the person I was made for, and, and I've got a friend and forgiveness and identity and truth and purpose. <laughs> but know what? I have hope for something better. I have hope that for all of eternity, I will spend with the person and place I was made for. Seems like I see a lot of ads on TV about retirement. You ever see a retirement commercial? about how you can store up for retirement, and that's a good thing. But what comes to my mind is always, okay, and then what? You ever wondered that? And then what? Okay, you save up your money, good idea. You retire for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You're tracking with me? What? And then what? Hmm. You know what it means to me to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord is I know and then what? Remember when Jesus was on the cross? Remember he's on the cross and one of the thieves repents, remember? And he admits he's a sinner. He says, listen, we're getting what, what we deserve. And, and, and he believed in Jesus, didn't he? He says, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he trusted Jesus, right, as Savior and Lord. Remember what he said? He said, remember me when you come. Remember what Jesus said to him? What he said, today you will be what? With me. That's the person in paradise. That's the place. The moment he died, he went to be with the person he was made for in the place he was made for. And I know that's true of me too. The and then for me is I get to go and be with Jesus in paradise forever. Dear people, don't miss this opportunity. You have been invited to do life with and for Jesus. Don't waste your life. A life is a terrible thing to waste. Receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord and do life with Him. Jesus invites us to do eternity with Him and for Him. Don't waste your eternity. And eternity is a terrible thing to waste. Receive Him as your Savior and Lord. <clears throat> Do it now. I want you to know that failing to make a decision is still a decision. Do you realize that? That if you come and hear but don't make a decision, you've already made a decision. You say, what do you mean? Well, let's say on the way home today, as you're going home this evening, you're driving across a railroad track, and when you're crossing the railroad track, your car stalls on the track. So you're stuck on the track, and you look down the road, and a train is coming. And so you're sitting in your car trying to make a decision. You, you're trying to say, should I stay in the car and try and save my car and my life? 
Or should I get out of the car and forget about my car and save my life? As long as you're sitting in the car trying to make a decision, what's happened? You've already made a decision, haven't you? Because you know why? The train is coming. Oh, there's a train coming in all of our lives. And when we die, we'll either die prepared or unprepared. Oh, don't die unprepared. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Won't you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Won't you do life and eternity with and for him? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to restore us to that person in that place that we were created for and lost. Listen, if you'd like to be restored to that person and place, if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I want you to know he's here. Right where you are, you can. Won't you just tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, just tell Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. I want you to come into my life and, and be my Savior and forgive me of all my sins and, and give me the gift of eternal life, won't you? I want you to be Lord of my life. From this day forward, as you give me strength, I will follow you all the days of my life. Uh, if you've prayed that for the first time, way to go, way to receive Jesus. He said if we'll invite him, he'll come in and be our Savior and Lord, and we can do life and eternity with him. Won't you mark that on your Connect card? Won't you say, today I RSVP'd the invitation. I want to do life and eternity with him, won't you? Why don't you tell someone that today I received Jesus because when you do, Jesus will become more real to you. Lord, I pray all of us, who leave that we would have responded to your invitation. And as we leave, we would leave rejoicing that we get to do life with you, that we get to do life with you, and that we get to do eternity with you in paradise. And Jesus, I pray, I pray that when someone asks us this week, what did you get for Christmas? that we'll all be able to say, Jesus, we got Jesus. We got the person in the place we've always wanted. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.